1: the Commons where we have conversations about school life and leadership. I'm your host, Brian Phillips. Thanks for tuning in. Although I guess on a podcast, you don't exactly tune in, but thank you for clicking and listening. Uh, Today, I want to talk about a, a, a problem that educators face, whether headmasters, teachers, homeschooling parents, it's a problem that uh, educators at every level will face and in every context will face that we are not necessarily aware we're facing. And that is the problem of decision fatigue. Now, there has been a lot of talk, a lot of writing about this um, this phenomenon called decision fatigue. Uh, I have read articles as far back as 2011 um, and there's still uh, blog articles and major publications putting out Uh, articles about how to combat decision fatigue. Um, I've read everywhere from Fast Company and the New York Times, CNBC, all the way to uh, people's personal blogs uh, and educational uh, forums. So what exactly is decision fatigue? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Decision fatigue comes when you have to make so many decisions, not necessarily big ones, Uh, or life-changing decisions, Um, but just the sheer number of decisions, add up to a point to where you are exhausted. So you make so many decisions within a given time period that you just don't want to make any more. You don't care. And typically what happens is that when you reach the point of decision fatigue, doesn't necessarily mean all the decisions are done. So what do you do? You end up making bad decisions. Uh, we all know this feeling. Uh, d- take a simple example here. You have had a tiring day. You come near the end of it, and instead of making the kind of decision you would like to make about what to eat for dinner, you pick uh, pizza again or hot dogs. Whatever is easiest, whatever is quickest, Whatever will simply get you through to the end of the day, right? So you end up making a worse decision because you're so tired of making decisions, period. Decision fatigue is a big deal and it affects all of us, particularly those of us involved in education. Here's an example. In one article that I read, they found that uh, after analyzing over 225 million hours of work time in 2017... Uh, they found that the average person, average worker, switched tasks more than 300 times a day just during their working hours. So they're going from one task to another, one decision to another, one thing to another. And eventually, that just kind of eats away at your willpower and you end up making poor decisions. In some cases, this just simply leads to a homeschool mom or, or teacher or headmaster just feeling flat-out exhausted at the end of the day. Uh, In other cases, it can be actually quite serious. Uh, For example, there was one study that looked into more than 1,100 parole hearings. These are big decisions, right? 1,100 parole hearings made in the United States, and they found that the most influential factor in whether or not the inmate was paroled had nothing to do with the nature of the crime, with the background, with the original sentence, none of that. It was the time of day that their case was heard. In fact, uh, let me read one quote from the study. Prisoners who appeared early in the morning received parole about 70% of the time, while those who appeared late in the day were paroled less than 10% of the time, end quote. That is a huge difference, isn't it? So, uh, what about teachers though? Uh, educators, how does decision fatigue affect us? Um, one source that I found estimates that a teacher within a six hour workday, that is six hours of instruction time, makes 1500 decisions. That comes out to about four decisions a minute. Now, um, That sounds about right. Just if you put yourself in a teaching context for just a moment, that really does sound about right. Four decisions every minute. Uh, You may have to stop to discipline someone, uh, you know, to correct someone who's not paying attention or is disrupting, you know, other students or not paying attention to what they're supposed to be working on. Uh, There are decisions that you have to make about student engagement. If you're teaching in a classroom and so you have 15 students and you notice that one student isn't paying, isn't paying attention, you have to make a decision about how you're going to get that student uh, to be more engaged in, in what's going on by asking them a question, by getting them to read something, um, you know, getting them to respond somehow. Uh, so moving back and forth from task to task is a, is a big issue for educators. And uh, it really doesn't matter what the context is. If you're a headmaster... You have to make decision after decision after decision. You have to answer question after question from teachers, uh, from staff members, from students, from parents, from office staff. The same in a classroom setting. Teachers, you're constantly being asked questions, and it really doesn't matter the age of the students either. Now, obviously, the specifics of the questions will differ depending on age, but you're having to answer question after question throughout the whole day and moving back and forth Um, uh, whether you are actively teaching or just looking after the students that are your responsibility. So um, all of this is a big issue for us as educators, uh, particularly homeschooling moms. I know that you move back and forth uh, from task to task and question to question and issue to issue all day long. And it often works out to a whole lot longer than a six hour instructional day, right? Uh, For, you know, I taught in a classroom setting for, um, you know, for over a decade. And I knew that at least at lunchtime and during a planning period, it got a little quieter for me. Uh, For you homeschool moms out there, when it's lunchtime, you're typically the one having to fix lunch, right? And you're still answering questions and trying to get everyone uh, all on the same page and even to the lunch table. So what do we do about this? Uh, decision fatigue is not going away. It's why at the end of the day, even though, you know, you would, you, you like to envision doing more noble things, uh, with your time and, you know, maybe finally getting around to some reading or, um, exercising or whatever it is that you like to envision, when I finally have time for myself, I'm going to do something good. And then we find ourselves just sitting on the couch watching TV or just wanting to go to bed. So what what do we do about this? Well, as you can imagine, with all of the different articles and blogs that have been written about decision fatigue, there are tons and tons of answers that are offered. And I, I want to throw out what I think is some of these are things that have been said before, but I want to tailor it to classical educators. And then uh, some are some things that I think um, perhaps haven't been mentioned before that I want to to throw out that these are things that I've found helpful and some things that I want to try to implement in my own life. So here are four four ideas to keep in mind when dealing with decision fatigue. And I think one main principle uh, in dealing with decision fatigue is that you have to try to get ahead of it if at all possible because you're not going to be able to reduce the number of decisions you make in a day dramatically enough to avoid fatigue forever. Okay, You're not going to be able to do that. So, number one, simplify your choices. In other words, if you will create some barriers for yourself... It can be very helpful. Simplify things like your wardrobe. I know a lot of business leaders, CEOs take this approach. They've become very minimalist, you know, narrowing it down to I have five outfits. Uh, You may not be interested in that necessarily. But one thing that could help is simply uh, doing things like preparing for the day the night before. So pick out what you're going to wear the night before. Get lunch ready the night before do as much prep work as you can for the day before the day ever begins. So that way you don't wake up and immediately have to face tons of tiny decisions that are eventually just going to wear you down. We So much of this occurs in decisions that we don't really see as affecting us all that much. But if you wake up and you've got to decide, what are we going to have for breakfast? What am I going to wear today? What am I going to pack for lunch? Um, all of those decisions could be handled earlier so that when you wake up, you're not having to deal with it right off the bat. Um, and that is uh, a, a, an idea that has been repeated over and over again, and I think it's a good one. So try to simplify your, your choices, reduce the number of decisions you have to make first thing um, so that when you wake up, some of those things are already decided for you. Number two is this routine. Have a, a set routine things that you do at the same time every day. For those of you who homeschool, have your morning time uh, around the same time, same place every day and have a set routine to it, a kind of liturgy to parts of your day, if at all possible. Uh, The same is true in a classroom. You know, start your classes the same way, start your day the same way, end your day the same way. And and there are some beautiful examples of this. Uh, I remember, I think it was Jenny Rollins that uh, talked about how she would end the day with her students the same way every single day as they would line up to go out the door to be picked up by their parents. She would say, the Lord be with you. And all of her students would reply, and also with you. Um, There's something about those routines that kind of open the day and close the day, so establish your morning routine. The more you can structure it, the better. We really do thrive on routine. Even those of us who are more spontaneous than others, you still have to have some kind of routine that will reduce the number of decisions that you have to make at a given time. Number three, and this is, I think is going to be the biggest problem for most of us, particularly educators, set honest expectations. Basically every year I taught, I would have a A course outline or syllabus or a course chart that mapped out where we were going over the course of the whole year and invariably I would end the year disappointed because I never got through it it took me years to finally get to the point where I was going well this is the course chart if everything went perfectly this is where we would end up but we're not going to because everything is not going to go perfectly Any teacher, if you've been at it a while, you know you're never going to get through everything you would like to get through in a given school year, which means if you back that up a little bit, you're not going to get through everything you want to get through in a given month or week or day. And that's okay. Be honest about those expectations. Set honest expectations. When you Sit down to write out lesson plans. Be honest about what you or your students can accomplish in a given day. Um, And remember that you're teaching for mastery. You're not teaching to get through a book. You're not teaching to simply get through the curriculum. You're teaching for mastery. So set your expectations both for yourself and your students and your school based on that. and, And be honest about what you can and can't get done. Just scale it back. It's better to do a few things well than to do a ton of stuff poorly, right? Uh, and finally, minimize distractions. It's very important for us to set up certain times of the day and guard those times uh, to be free of social media and technology and other distractions. This can be done through uh, whether you're talking about uh, you know morning prayer time or scripture reading, or if it's just exercise or just time to yourself to to sit and think. But have times carved out in the day where you are minimizing distractions, where you can actually get away from all of it and have at least a short period where you're not having to make tons of decisions. Um, and so all of these things taken together, I think, um, can help us not avoid making a ton of decisions, but at least to minimize Uh, perhaps the number of needless decisions that should bombard us every day. Um, And I guess one last piece of advice is that if you ever have to uh, go before a parole board, try to make sure that your hearing is scheduled early in the morning. Well, I hope these thoughts have been helpful to you. I hope none of you are facing severe decision fatigue, but if so, hopefully these things will be some encouragement to all of you. Well, until next time, I'm your host, Brian Phillips. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Commons for this reflection. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.